Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello, I'm Don Harris. Think Red Ink Ministries is glad to present to you this series on The Words of Jesus. I hope you're enjoying this. We find ourselves still in chapter 3 of this little book and talking about the temptation of Christ. But the, uh, the scripture and the story is so rich, it keeps uh, taking us off in different directions, but all good things that we need to know. Um, I, I think that as we examine what Jesus had to say, and uh, boy, when we, are, when we are through this, you're gonna be a different person. Um, I think uh, what happens in uh, our particular ministry at Think Red Inc. is that uh, we receive from people um, uh, comments about, uh, I've worshiped the Lord Jesus Christ all of my life. I've uh, been a Christian all my life. And I'm just amazed at some of the things that he says that goes against what I've always believed and what my church believes and you know how did this happen <laughs> well um, a lot of times it's innocent it's not it's not that people are looking for some reason not to believe or you know some they're, they're not looking for an escape some people are but um, a lot of times it's just it's good intention on most people's part to want to have a deeper walk with Christ the only thing we know to do is to go to the people that we essentially trust. And that is the, you know, the, the pastor or the preacher or the priest or the, you know, the guy wearing the robes or the guy with the parking place or the guy that drives the Lincoln or <laughs> whoever he happens to be. Um, that uh, is, or at least we determine that, he is in life where we want to be. And so we go to them and we, you know, a lot of times we're grabbing little shortcuts and we're grabbing little cliched phrases and little trite sayings that uh, comfort us for a while or give us an answer to somebody's objection. Um, and after a while, uh, what we gather from one another tends to or seems to hold more sway than the scriptures themselves. Um, then that horrible thing happens in many Christians' lives is, is they feel like that they've arrived. Uh, that that they are, you know they wake up one day and they realize, gee whiz, I guess I really am a Christian and and uh, I do know a lot. And people are coming to me now and asking me questions and you know I I must uh, know quite a bit. And um, that's where it gets kind of dangerous uh, to realize that. Or, or to, or to presume that we have the comprehension of, uh, or the ability to comprehend within ourselves this wonderful and nearly unknowable God, um, and a lot of people would have to answer if they were answering according to, you know, what they actually feel, they would have to say, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, we do, I do. But um, the fact is, is that in many cases, we don't. And we don't like saying, I don't know. We don't like saying, gee whiz, I never read that, or 
You know, I don't have an answer for you. We don't like saying that. But I think if it's honest that you really don't know, then why would you pretend that you do? Um, you're not doing, you're not helping anyone with that. Um, to say that, you know, every time I add three and five, I get seven. Uh, you know, what's wrong? Well, you know, it is just a matter of opinion. It is, uh, you know, if that works for you, then no, 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 no. If, if it's not true, we don't need to teach people that that's the way we need to do or that it is okay. Um, and, uh, but, you know, if you just don't know, then just say you don't know. Let's work it out together. Let's, let's examine it together, me and you. Well, let's take the scriptures and find out. Let's see if we can find an answer to your question. You know, let's consult the Lord and let him speak to us and perhaps he'll reveal this to you. Um, we will, as time goes by, of course, we're going to read every word that Jesus ever said. Um, and uh, we will run across a particular parable that I frankly just do not understand. I've looked at it in every way I know to look at it. I've seen it in in different languages and translations and and different uh, criticisms and different um, uh, biblical uh, expositories and um, uh, people who have uh, the, the, you know the commentaries in Bibles. Some commentaries skip over it completely because it is very difficult to understand. And I haven't received from the Lord uh, the revelation about that. Uh, parable to this very day. And when we get there, I'm going to have to do the embarrassing thing of looking at you and saying, I don't know what this means. <laughs> but you have to be willing to do that if you're going to be, well, at least you're going to be an honest Bible teacher. You're going to just simply have to do that. Well, uh, I hope you appreciate that um, for what it's worth. And frankly, it's worth a lot to have somebody that uh, you're entrusting uh, to teach you. And I appreciate you showing up here each time this show comes on the air. I appreciate you being here. But um, one thing that I can make sure of is, is that I don't uh, knowingly lie to you uh, or pretend that I know something that I don't. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I hope you appreciate that. Um, when we get to that uh parable, you're going to remember what I've said here and, and uh, perhaps write to me and give me the revelation that I need. Um, sometimes when I talk about receiving revelation from God and the fact that uh, teachers, uh, I'm sorry, Christians who um, have moved past the idea that they need other Christians to teach them, uh, they need Bible teachers to teach them and are receiving the revelation from God. Um, there's, I understand the danger in that. I, you know, I'm, I, it's not my first time around the block. I've met people that have some really strange, oh boy, strange ideas about the scriptures and what they mean. And, and, uh, and I wonder sometimes how in the world, how, how did you get into this particular situation? They got into that situation because they started to receive their revelation from God. And uh, they've forgotten uh, the, the scriptures of the men who, who spoke with him and he spoke with them. 
and um, and they they have uh, neglected to put any of their revelation to uh, a, a test of scripture. Now, I again, um, I'm not so foolish as to believe that the Lord can't reveal anything that's not in the scriptures. I've I've heard people say that. Yeah, that's fine getting your revelation from God. But God won't ever say anything against the scripture. Look, let me tell you something, pal. God is a sovereign king. He can change his mind. He can do whatever he wants to do. He can say whatever he wants to say. And um, and sometimes it may go against what you're thinking that the Bible says. But the truth is, is it's going against your denomination's interpretation of that scripture and not necessarily against what the scripture says itself. You're going to find that happening a lot when you read the words of Christ, as is our intention. And uh, starting back at chapter 3, we're reading about the temptation of Jesus. And, um, and we have Jesus making the comment, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I tried to make it clear to you that it is that proceedeth, not that which proceeded. I told you the story of, of uh, the children of Israel who were told by Caleb and Joshua, the land is ours, the Lord will give it to us. And uh, they did not want to go. And uh, the next day they decided that they were wrong and wanted to go. And frankly, the Lord wasn't with them. And frankly, they were chased. Um, uh, it was it was said in the scriptures they were chased like bees chase a man, which was which is a very pitiful and very helpless sight to behold indeed. And um, why is that? Because I said that yesterday. I didn't say that today. And um, you can't. You have no license, no right to go through the scriptures and pull scriptures out that were not written to you, or perhaps written two, three. 4,000 years ago to someone else and arbitrarily apply them to your life and expect any kind of results. Well, that's discouraging to some people because some people uh, love to do that. And I'm sure there are people out there who will say, well, you can say that, but, you know, I, I read this scripture over my Aunt Hattie and she got up out of her hospital bed and went home. Well, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. But... Um, that is not a power that should be attributed to a book. That is a power that should be attributed to the Word of God, the living Word of God, Jesus Christ. And, um, and should that be the case without embellishment, I am, I am pleased about that, and I love to see that. But uh, I, I will probably uh, be very uh, combative if I hear you teaching somebody else that that's all that you need to do is to find a scripture in the Bible that has an answer to your question and just repeat this over and over and it'll happen. As I said, the pagan denominations have taught incantation for years, uh, for centuries, for millennia. Um, there are people who believe that if you say something over and over again, that it does indeed make it true. There are people that believe that because it's written in the Bible, it is a fact upon which you can count and, and you can stand. And um, unfortunately, 
if the truth were known, and it will be if I have anything to do with it, that we need to seek a personal relationship and most of all a communicative relationship between us and our God. Uh, it may very well be that it is not the will of God for someone to have what you may particularly consider to be good for that person, um, uh, something that perhaps you would want to see manifest in their life, but it's just simply not the will of God. He has something else in mind. The example that comes to mind is uh, the man who sat at the gate uh, called Beautiful. The Bible says that he had been there at that gate and been in that condition for longer than Jesus was alive. Do you understand? He was there for 38 years. And um, we find that uh, Peter, James, and John walked through this gate, saw the man, perceived that he had faith, and said, stand upright on your feet. Do you realize that that story essentially proves to us that Jesus walked by this man all of his life and never looked at him and said, stand upright on your feet, did not heal him, didn't evidently feel any compulsion to heal him at all. Why is that? The father had a purpose in mind for this particular man to be healed by the apostles and not Jesus Christ. He's sovereign God. He can do whatever he wants. And so well, this is why it's important for us to ask the Lord for nothing short of his will in the matter. That's what we want is his will in the matter. And uh, so, you know, that kept in mind, you'll find that, um, that you may pray for something that uh, uh, is essentially not the will of God. And uh, so, you know, you can incant any scripture you want and things are not going to happen. However, you will never go to the Father and him um, acknowledge your prayer or say, yes, go to that person, tell him to stand upright on his feet and I'll heal him. Um, you know, I believe that can happen, but he's not going to do that and leave you holding the bag. However, you may very well find a scripture in there. Uh, well, this story I'm telling right now. And then try to arbitrarily apply that in a, in a physical situation and walk away having failed. Um, the idea is not to avoid failure as much as it is for us to become the people that we need to be, which are worshipers and servants of the Almighty God. We find here in the temptation of Jesus that he says it's written that, um, that we're going to live by every word that proceeds, which is a, which is a, a present tense proceeding. This is the Lord speaking to us now, not yesterday, not the day before, but speaking to us now. And we hear that within ourselves. That is the bread by which we'll, we should live and will live if we, do, if we practice this. Uh, continuing in the story, Then Satan took him to the holy city and thence to a pinnacle of the temple and said, 
If thou art the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands thou shalt bear thee, they, they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus replied, It's written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. <coughs> when I talk this way, it's often uh, countered by uh, people saying that the Word of God does have power in it. Jesus actually defeated Satan on the Mount of Temptation by quoting, It is written, it is written, it is written. And because it's written, it cannot be changed. Well, you know, that was a... Uh, it, not only can it be changed, but it, it's a fact that if you put your faith in it, then it will actually happen. This was also a characteristic of Jewish worship. As a matter of fact, uh, Jesus one time says, um, and I believe he was quoting a cliche phrase from the Jewish faith when he says, the scriptures say such and such, and if the scriptures cannot be broken, then whatever he said. And um, I think that this is an age-old problem that we have, adding to the scriptures this very fact, the scriptures cannot be broken. Now, by broken means that if the scriptures say it is so, then it is so. Uh, there are faith healers and people who teach uh, in what's called the Word of Faith movement that are real big on saying that if it's written, then it's a fact, and you can, you can count on it to the point that if the, if the Bible says you're healed and, you know, the doctor says you have leukemia, you're supposed to run around saying, I'm healed, I'm healed, agreeing with the Bible. And if any two of you agree, is touching anything. And, you know, this is nothing more than just piecemeal uh, grabbing scriptures here and there, putting them all together, and, uh, and essentially making for yourself a, a scripture cocktail that is supposed to make you feel better. As a matter of fact, um, uh, it will come up sooner or later, but the disciples were also guilty of this. You'll be surprised at what they try to accomplish by, um, by taking scriptures from here, hither and yon and uh, trying to make them into something that they're not. Nothing could be further from the truth that we have the ability to make what I call a scripture cocktail, where we go and we pull different verses out in order to make something happen or to bring about something in our life. I think it's a mistake, and, and, and frankly, it's almost insulting, uh, especially when the Lord has promised that I'll speak to you, I'll give you what you need, and uh, you, you need not manufacture Scripture for me. I don't necessarily need it to bring about what I want to bring about in your life. Um, the, uh, as I say, the, the people who try to counter this idea that we can actually count on the scriptures um, for miraculous things. Jesus defeated Satan with, it is written. Well, you have to understand that uh, just because Jesus quoted, it is written, 
before what he had to say. It happened to be written, but Jesus was under no impression that because it's written that these, this particular idea or concept or, or um, uh, scripture cannot be broken. Um, now, I think that it's interesting that within these temptations, there were only three temptations, but it is written, was actually uh, said and printed in our scriptures four times. Well, who said it other than Jesus? Well, Satan himself said, for it is written, thou shalt not dash thy foot against a stone that the angels will bear thee up. It's written. <laughs> now, if you don't think that you can be tempted to do wrong by quoting scripture, uh, you're naive. Um, if you don't think that you can develop a bad doctrine by the scriptures, you're naive. And you need not be that naive. Um, for example... Uh, I don't know if you know this, but there are about 4,000 major Protestant denominations. Well, maybe just Christian denominations. There's about 4,000 of them. And when you add in all the splinter groups and all the little um, side groups that are, you know, kind of attach themselves to a main group, but they're not quite the main group, you know what I mean. Um, it, the, the number climbs to about 40,000. Now that's an amazing number, but it's even more amazing when you can go to any of those 40,000 denominations, the people of which can't sit at the same table and eat without arguing. And every one of those denominations say that what they believe and what they do and what they practice is all based on the Word of God, they call it. I don't doubt that it's based on the Scriptures, but, I mean, if, if you want to call it that, but it's certainly based on their interpretation of them. How could something that is so clear and so obvious, how could it spawn 40,000 different opinions to lead people, uh, this is just 40,000 denominations. This is not the number of people that have these ideas. And then you can go into any one of those denominations and find people that believe things that the denomination doesn't believe. Why do you believe that? Well, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, and it just gets, it, it just get, goes toward being ridiculous from there. Um, uh, Jim Jones. Uh, you know, we all, we all know what happened with Jim Jones, don't we? Has it been so long that that's become ancient history? That a man could stand in front of his congregation and urinate on the Bible and people think that that's okay? Do you know how he got the freedom to do that very thing? It's much like the people who burned the flag. They burn the flag because they have the freedom to do so because of everything the flag stands for. How do you think Jim Jones got into that situation? By neglecting the Bible and throwing it away? No, by reading it and claiming words here and words there and felt 
like uh, that he could do what he did. Um, uh, David Koresh, the situation there. Uh, why wasn't he part of the Seventh-day Adventist church? He was a, a rogue Seventh-day Adventist. How did he get in that condition? By reading his Bible. How do any of these denominations, as there are splinter groups and split-offs of main denominations, how did they get that way? By reading their Bible and believing this is the Word of God and interpreting it so until, the, until their own interpretation becomes to them the Word of God. So just because something says it is written, uh, we need to be very, very careful of this kind of thing because what we find is is that Satan is well capable of quoting the Scripture probably better than you. <laughs> so we need to be very, very careful. I'll tell you something that Satan can't do, and uh, that is he cannot change the Word of God. He can change the Bible. He can change the Scriptures in your head, but he can't change the Word of God. When the Word of God speaks to you, you know exactly what he means. You know exactly what he's saying. Nobody ever says, you know, I was, I was spending time before the Lord this morning, <laughs> and uh, he was saying something to me, and I didn't quite understand it. No, that doesn't happen, because he speaks in a language we do understand. He speaks in our native tongue. He speaks in the one that we were born with in the Garden of Eden. Nothing, there, there's no interpretation, there's no translation, there's nothing. We know exactly what he wants us to do. Have I created in you any kind of appetite? Have I created in you wanting to hear the voice of God for yourself? I hope so. I hope so. Because once you do that, once you are on that track, all of a sudden you start to understand scriptures like, you have no need that any man teach you. You have no need that any man teach you. Jesus says, what is your teacher? Even Christ. What is your rabbi? That's me. You understand what he means by this? One. How many Bible teachers do you have in your life? How many? <laughs> is it more than one? If it is one, make sure that it's Jesus Christ. People who have take umbrage with what I have to say on, on this particular account say, well, you're a Bible teacher. Yeah, that's true. And I know that I'm going to suffer the greater damnation for it. So I try to be very careful to make sure that what I have to say to you is that you have one teacher. I'm not him. You have one. That is Christ. It's his intention and duty to make sure that you have exactly what you need. And, uh, and that you learn what you need to learn. I invite you to join us next time to hear more from the words of Jesus. And uh, we want to hear from you. We want to know who you are and where you're listening. Can you send me an email? I'd love for you to do so. Just send it to Don at thinkredink.com or write to Think Red Ink Ministries at P.O. Box 718, Pytown, New Mexico. 87827. Yeah, you heard me right. Pie Town, New Mexico. 87827. If you need to if you need direction in your life, you need to know where to go and what to do, what's the best thing to do? Think ready. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. Email Don at thinkredink.com. 
That's thinkredink.com. Join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.